Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, DC Digits Comic Con for its own fandom. EA has its state of play and is Queeby set for the long haul. All this and more as we reach our next stop the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. Unfortunately, he's Mr. Disappointed for us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos. But you still got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, including his great review that he just posted for anime. So you got to check that out at popculturecosmos.com. His awesome show, Topicocalypse, and also the Super BS Games Cast. And of course, his great book, which you got to read today. And you can buy that at Barnes & Noble or Amazon called Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend who's still disappointed. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? I should say what's up, man, but unfortunately, right now, it's not you. What's, what's down? But let me ask you a question. Do you ever, you know, like when you wear a Halloween mask for too long, it really starts to smell inside the mask? Yes. That's what my microphone smells like. I just noticed. Ew. It might be time to get a new little, like, thing. Or maybe I need to stop, like, breathing on it so hard. But Maybe, uh, like, a filter or something. Hey. Filter. One of those, like, what are those pop? Pop, pop filters. filters yep, yep. Yeah, that might be a good idea. With the flexing arm make... thing, yeah, all that yeah. action. Yeah, and I can make that smell. It's almost like you're a real podcaster. Wow! <laughs> oh, no, I can show you all the soda cans spread all over the bed. I'm just kidding. I just cleaned them. <laughs> but tell me, man. Uh, yeah, I know you're going to be a little bit disappointed because I'm assuming it's because of the EA state of play. Is that correct? Uh, EA state of disarray Depression is what i was was going for well, i'll tell you what we'll talk about ea state of play here coming up in a second plus also as well we're going to be talking about pokemon snap snapped up right this week on nintendo it's coming soon well actually coming by the end of the it's, year it's all just clever marketing for the uh, pokemon adams family crossover there you go do 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 but it's coming up this holiday coming up for the nintendo switch Plus also as well, we're going to talk about Queeby. I haven't talked about Queeby for a little while, and I think the fact is a lot of people are not talking about Queeby. We'll talk about their problems coming up later in the program as well. And also we have a good guest for us. It's one of our affiliates, 1012.net. Thomas Bennett from 1012.net is going to join us with his thoughts on what's upcoming in pop culture. And what he likes out there that's current, that's fascinating, that's out there in pop culture as well. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. Just a great conversation coming up with him. But first off, my friend, it is... You know what? I think we will go ahead and just get the disappointing stuff right out of the way. And that is EA's state of play. EA had its state of play, which would have normally fell right around this time if they were part of E3 with a big old traditional one hour to one and a half hours of 
EA press conferences where they go ahead and show you games and games and games and games. Uh, it didn't quite turn out that way as, as best we, we, you know, we liked it. Greg Miller from Kind of Funny was hosting the thing. They had some game announcements like Apex Legends that's going to be now fully cross-play and are coming to Switch. The Sims 4 coming to Steam. They announced a couple games called Lost and Random and one that I kind of liked that looks very interesting. It Takes Two. I like the the story behind that, so that's something that's going to be very interesting to see how that develops. Rocket Arena also is a game coming out that's that's actually coming out very soon here within the next uh, 30 days, so that's something a lot of people are looking forward to as well. Star Wars Squadrons was the big game that was announced earlier this week, which if they were going to have the EA State of Play, which was kind of confusing... Why would you announce it back on Monday if you're just going to go ahead and show it off for the first time as far as gameplay today? That one I'm going to talk to you about here in a sec because I have some concerns and questions on that. I should be more excited, but I'm kind of not, and I'll tell you why on that one. They did have a montage of their sports games, FIFA and Madden 21, a very brief on that. They did have a tech engine for their next generation, which showed off possible screens for the next battlefield scenario and also well for the next dragon age more or less it looked more like dragon age-ish as far as some some of the screens that were there but it's just basically showing off their latest tech that they're going to use for all those games coming up and they made an announcement at the very end that a new skate is in development which i know has been talked about been commented on by a lot of people out there wanted to go ahead and have a great interest in it but for me, Josh, I'm going to say overall, uh, and you may correct me if I'm wrong, but was EA State of Play an EA waste of time? No, I mean, they announced everything that everybody wanted. It's it's really, it's, it was just, it was an excellent show, and uh, I can't even figure out how to lie more about that. So, <laughs> no, and, you know, like, my favorite part about this is with the lady. I'm sorry, I can't remember who she is right now, but she got on there, she says, we're listening to the feedback. We give, we're giving you guys what you want. You didn't give anybody what they want. I wonder if like they led with that because they knew that they weren't giving anybody exactly what they wanted. Anyways, I am bitter about this. So, um, you know, go ahead and uh, continue with your line of questioning. My line of questioning is going to be this, my friend. First off was Star Wars Squadrons. If you go and take a look at Amazon or you go and take a look at Best Buy and you pre-order it because you're so excited for something new within the realm of the Star Wars universe as far as video games are concerned, you see it priced at $39.99. Now they mentioned that there would be a single player campaign and they also showed off some of the multiplayer. Looks pretty good. One question I have for you though is they were also talking about as far as the developers of this game is that their ideas took place right around the time of the production or the development of Star Wars Battlefront 2 ending. This sure feels to me, especially with the price not being a full $59.99, this doesn't seem to me like EA would go ahead and do that as far as a full, we're going to give you a $20 price pick just because we love you as Star Wars fans. No, I have a feeling this is not going to be a full-fledged game. And that this could have very well had been a DLC that could have been tacked on to Star Wars Battlefront 2. So you think it's just leftover assets from Battlefront 2? I'm not going to allude to that. Okay, yes, I will allude to that. Yes, I think it's just, like I said, something that was left over for Star Wars Battlefront 2 that they said, you know what, we can go ahead and monetize this and make this a full, well, not even a kind of full-fledged game. Just make this into a game that going to be a, at a budgetary price of $39.99 to start off with. It's not going to be a full-fledged $60 experience, but it's going to be something more like a halfway in between. Not a $20 DLC, but it's not a $60 game as well. You know, it's funny that company when companies do that, they think that the gamers can't tell. You know, I just got done uh, with my playthrough of, of Alan Wake, and this is the second time I played it, but this is the first time I played the DLC. And it's totally just leftover assets from the game. Like it, they piece together a half butt story for these two pieces of DLC, but you were essentially going to the same places you went in the game. And it's funny when devs put that kind of stuff out and they think that like, oh yeah, people aren't going to 
really knows they'll be really appreciative we just gave them more it's not so much you get more of the game that people appreciate it's you get more of the uh you get more of the story you know and it's like that's not something that ea seems to really care about you know as far as star wars squadron goes like i or i I, I don't know, man. Like I'm not uh, I'm not huge into the uh, flight simulators. It, it is something I am interested in playing, but uh, you know, for forty dollars, you're right. It does make you question, like what what is the content you're getting? You know, it's the same thing. Uh, remember when the uh, Battlefront, right? That's the Star Wars. When that came out, that was uh, priced at what was it forty or was it sixty? I, I don't remember. It was like, a full fledged sixty. Battlefront came yeah. out that was sixty. I bought it. For, yeah, you know, right you there, early you on, you weren't given a campaign or anything. You're just kind of given a multiplayer map that was incredibly repetitive. To me, I think that was a little bit part of it disappointing. But I enjoyed Battlefront for the most part more than other people until they nerfed it. But that's a different story altogether. And I have Battlefront Two, haven't really delved into it as much as I, I thought yeah. I would because it just. Just to me, I, I think I had some bad feelings of what happened in Battlefront. But I'll tell you what, my friend, this is just its kind of weird because then you also have Sony doing the same thing with Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I'm hoping it's a full game and it's going to be a standalone game. But like you said, with the turnaround time, I question whether or not it's going to be that full $60 experience as well. So at least EA is pricing it at a not a full price or not trying to rip you off entirely but i question exactly how extensive the star wars squadrons will be as far as either the campaign or the links that they will go to in multiplayer so i don't know my friend i think there's a little bit of issues i have with that but it's not to the point where i'm just going to be going in and screaming this is a full-fledged ripoff no no i hear you it's just it's outside of the jedi game that just came out like i ea has not ever been very forthcoming with what's in their star wars games outside of the beautiful like cinematic trailers they put out well i want to talk to you about the announcement of skate uh, that is new skate is in development that was their big 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 announcement it's something that i see get mentioned a lot in comments when ea goes up on stage and you know people are Somebody talks about something in the realm of, uh, you know, new games coming up. Skate is always talked about. Just skate, 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 skate. I understand the success of the Tony Hawk series, and that's going to be brought back. We talked about Skate now. I mean, is Skate or was Skate ever popular enough? Or does it have this just like cult status that has a lot of people talking or a lot of fans that are really behind it, but doesn't have that large mass following you need? I mean, there's a reason why No Skate has really been made for a little while or that it really didn't extend itself to a yearly or bi-yearly fashion because it didn't sell enough to warrant it. So I'm asking my friend, is a New Skate really that much to get excited for? You know, I know there there is an audience for it, for sure. I don't know whether it's it's worth, you know, whatever month, whatever budget they're putting into it. But to me, it's kind of like the... You know, as a kid, you know, you really love Sonic the Hedgehog and then you grow up and you try to play it and you get stuck on like the casino zone. You're like, forget this. I don't want to play it anymore. Like that's going to be I feel like that's what skate's going to be. It's been so long since the last one came out and there are people who are excited about it, but I feel like it's going to it's not going to have the magic that they remember it having. You know, I'm almost feeling the same thing with the new Tony Hawk game. And that's another question. You know, if those were to release within the same year. Or you know, some six months within each other's uh, release dates. Are they? What is Skate going to be kicked to the curbside for Tony Hawk, or what's going to happen with that? I'm not so sure because we don't know if it's just going to be a remake, or it sounds like it's going to be a new Skate period that's in deve- in development. So, I, you're right. If Tony Hawk comes first, you know, Skate will seem like an afterthought. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, they tried to battle each other before, and we saw how that went. Not only for one, but both franchises. I mean, they just kind of, it got repetitive and and people just stopped buying the games as a whole. So I don't know if there's, you know, there is excitement among the video game community for a new skate. I just don't know if it will translate into a full-fledged big time winner at the box office or at the sales charts for, for EA. I mean... EA, in its announcements that they've made or or overtures that they made to investors, they were talking about by next, you know, end of the fiscal year, having about 12 to 18 games that they were going to go ahead and produce, it's been reported. 
and things of that nature. And a lot of it was stemming around the po rumors of a possible Mass Effect trilogy remaster or a new Mass Effect on the way. I'm going to say that there's no new Mass Effect right now on the way. I saw the tech demo. I'm going to say Dragon Age is going to be something what's, what that Bioware is working on next. That's fine. But a Mass Effect, uh, Mass Effect trilogy remastered, it's there. The money's there for it. The people wanting to buy a Mass Effect trilogy remastered is there. I don't understand why they don't want to just go ahead and say, you know what, for a company that loves money, as you and I know, have over the years they've taken money over the way video game fans feel about the games time and time and time and time again. I don't know why they're not trying to take the money now because Mass Effect Trilogy Remastered, it's time, man. It's absolutely time. Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts on this. Um, yes, I was incredibly disappointed they didn't announce anything Mass Effect. They didn't even like pull up Bethesda and show us like a, a cinematic title screen you know that would have been enough but you know it, it just it disappoints because they know and they've known for years that people want a mass effect trilogy remastered and they have not delivered it but i'm also reading online that rep there's reports that it is actually coming out this year and that ea just didn't didn't announce it tonight and there's supposed to be some announcement in the next couple of weeks but i'm also seriously doubting that that's going to happen it sounds like wishful thinking to me and then they also the fact that they didn't announce anything as far as battlefield because remember it was supposed to be battlefront one year and battlefield the next and battlefield one year and battlefront the next and it's not happening it's not happening whatever happened whatever happened to the bad company battlefield games do you remember those yeah they were very funny very amusing but obviously ea didn't think they were profitable enough to continue they may go back to it as you know, they might go back to Medal of Honor. You never know. I mean, it's the, they might go back to those resources. I, they still can produce a Battlefield this year. It's up to them. I don't know if they're that if Dice is ready for it, but usually Dice was large enough to go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to have a Battlefront this year and a Battlefield the next year, and it just doesn't seem to be. I mean, I would have announced it today. I mean, this is the time when they announced the holiday games. This is the time when you're supposed to announce it or close to it. You don't wait until later in the year, Comic-Con or Gamescom or anything like that, to go ahead and announce these things. You're supposed to do it right now, especially for something as big as either Mass Effect or Battlefield. Yeah, so it's it's weird to me is that with all these, because I, I don't know if you heard, but Cyberpunk got pushed back to November, and you know there's still no guarantee that it's even going to hit that date. So... It just it seems weird to me that with all these game delays, like all this stuff happened, the COVID stuff going on, this is the year to recoup your losses by putting out remasters, you know, or even like putting out ports, you know, the, that not that I want a port of Mass Effect, but I, I, I do want a true remaster. But this is the year to do stuff like that. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of people not doing that. You know, Nintendo has been pretty good about doing that kind of thing. but it just it seems like if you want to recoup those losses this is the time to do it this is the time to put out something that you don't have to necessarily have to put the budget and manpower into creating something from scratch just take something you already have and and remaster people want it people refine want it. it just you Focus know take some it. take some of the things that they didn't do right on it just tweak it just tweak it make yeah. it a little bit better mm -hmm. The Mass Effect 3 ending, you could go ahead and truly make it what you want to be, and that wouldn't take that many assets to do. The Mass Effect 1, you could actually modernize it as far as the gameplay feel is concerned. Mass Effect 2, just do some touches here and there because everybody lauds that game because it's so incredible. There you go. I mean, that's that's not going to take... Those three things that I mentioned are not going to take anywhere near the amount of time or money that a new game would be as far as developing is and you would probably get the same amount of sales as you would for virtually anything that they have there in their roster a mass effect trilogy remastered well you could match that up uh, maybe a madden would beat it maybe a fifa would beat it yeah they those two would be it. maybe even a battlefield would be it. but as far as anything else you've got on your roster right now that you could throw out there this holiday i don't think there could be anything else yeah and i know that ea has you know, they're kind of infamous for putting out trailers for smaller games. But I mean, like the 
as far as it takes two and I, I don't remember what the other one was called like i just i was not terribly interested in those i was tuning in specifically for two things i wanted the announcement of a new mass effect or a mass effect trilogy and i wanted story dlc for um star wars squadrons um, Squad. Not squadrons, but the Jedi game. Why am I having such a brain fart right now? Oh, Jedi remember. Fallen Order. You want a DLC? Jedi for Fallen it. Order. I wanted story DLC for that. I was hoping there'd be an announcement because I really love that game, and I didn't get either of those. Well, what you did get again is Apex Legends, which has really been a big success for them, getting crossplay and going to the Switch. The Sims 4 on Steam. The announcements of three new games: Rocket Arena, Lost in Random, and It Takes Two. With It Takes Two seemingly the game that a lot of people are interested in. Star Wars Squadrons is coming. That's a new game. Again, we're not sure exactly to what extent, since it's not a full price game. They did show off montages of FIFA and Madden real quickly. A new tech engine for the next generation, which included images people are alluding to as, as a possible Dragon Age, and of course the announcement of Skate and. That was pretty much it. Unfortunately for everyone out there, didn't quite meet up to their expectations or didn't meet up to our expectations per se. Didn't meet up to your expectations. Share us your thoughts on EA State of Play at popculturecosmos.com or also as well popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or popculturecosmos, humanity media and game source on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, Jock and Nerd! Well, my friend... Before we ditch this half hour and go on to the back half of the hour, I want to go ahead and talk real quickly about DC's fandom. Because DC and Warner Brothers announced that, I don't know if they're saying officially bye-bye to Comic-Con. Uh, maybe they'll still have a presence at Comic-Con, but it certainly sounds like they're ditching Comic-Con with their own fandom event coming on August 22nd to the 26th. 24 hours a day of nonstop DC, where they're going to showcase a lot of things, a lot of there's stuff that they've got in the works, a lot of their TV shows and things of that nature. And, of course, the movies you, they've talked about, Shazam 2, Black Adam, Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad is going to get a heavy play there. Wonder Woman 1984, The Batman. So they're basically announcing their own Comic-Con style event or virtual event, I should say. I want to hear your thoughts on DC's fandom when you initially heard it. We excited for it. They're also going to show more of the Snyder Cut, which we got a little snippet of this week, as far as uh, you know, a scene that's coming up for the Snyder Cut. I mean, are you excited for DC's fandom? Are you excited what you're going to be hearing and seeing at this event coming up in late August? I don't know how I'm feeling about it. You know, I, I do. I want. I want more uh, Henry Cavill Superman stuff. I'm hoping you know for more some kind of announcement about that. I would love to have Batman Beyond brought back to life. You know, I, I am, I guess, kind of excited to see what they got in the pipeline. But to me, like, as far as them ditching Comic-Con, it makes sense because like, Comic-Con, E3, all these companies were trying to do big, you know, online things this year. You have something like like this, like it, it costs, I'm sure it costs DC, Marvel, whoever else, uh, Dark Horse, all these companies, it probably cost them a lot of money to be at comic-con right you got to buy those slots you got to pay money for them so it seems more beneficial for them just to do their own thing it makes sense financially you know and, and that that's that's why i'm saying you know it i think this is better for dc than doing the comic-con run well this is our way to go ahead and stand out it's going to take place about three to four weeks after what we see at comic-con again there's no 100 percent uh, proof that I've been able to ascertain that most likely they will not have a big presence at San Diego Comic-Con's virtual event. So uh, whatever presence they will have will be very minor at best because they're going to be saving the majority of it or all of it for their August Fandome event, 
which I know is going to get DC fans excited out there. And I'm hoping to get more news and more coverage and more videos and more conversations and more plot points in regards to everything coming up in the DC universe. As far as the Snyder Cut, you know, maybe a Man of Steel 2. would like to know more about that. The Batman, of course. Suicide Squad, the, you know, the whole nine yards. Aquaman 2, Black Adam, Shazam 2, Wonder Woman 1984. All those great properties, plus hear more about Justice League Dark, Doom Patrol, you know, the other thing, great things that they have in the DC Universe. I want to see how it goes ahead and hopefully all meshes together in a platform for DC's fandom. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm just kind of disappointed it doesn't take place on at Comic-Con just because of the fact that it would have been nice just take a week. And, and this is something I'm throwing out there. And this is something I don't know if you know they've tried to do, but it doesn't. it's kind of like loose affiliation. Just devote an entire day at Comic-Con to DC. Just devote an entire day to Marvel. Just devote an entire day to Star Wars. Just, but then again, Disney has its own thing with D23. And then Marvel seems to be at this point in time the only one really committed to showing off a lot of stuff at at uh, at San Diego's Comic-Con. If if cuz if they didn't you wouldn't have as much at there and that you wouldn't have as much there to show off and that would be truly disappointing. But at least from what I'm gathering Marvel's still going to have a heavy presence there. Honestly, man, the convention scene will never be the same after this, you know, after the whole COVID thing and with marvel yeah it's cool that they're still there but how long until they are pulled out of that and added to the disney expo it's a it just it it makes sense to have these big entities that have their own shows you know create their own conferences as opposed to keep on you know paying the money to be a part of these other things and i honestly don't think that's a bad thing because it gives smaller companies you know you, it, who knows like the the indie comic book publishers or the indie filmmakers could have a presence at comic-con once these big ones pull out so i mean it, it's it's all not all necessarily bad but i think it's just the natural evolution of what's happening i guess you're right because it looks like there's going to be more and more instances as we're seeing after even after we come out of this coronavirus pandemic and it gets to a point where people can start congregating together again at conventions that we will be having more of these separate conferences. I mean, before, even before, like I said, we had D23 and we had the Star Wars celebration and we had all these other different events that were showing off their wares and that was leaving a little bit less, a little bit less for places like E3 and also San Diego's Comic-Con. There was still, with Comic-Con, primarily a lot of importance and weight still put on that. I mean, we got the, all those great announcements on what was coming up in the future for the Marvel Universe at San Diego's Comic-Con. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Comic-Con still has to offer because I still think it can be a great platform, especially if Marvel still sticks with it. But with DC and Warner Brothers, what exactly would you be looking forward to the most outside of more word on Henry Cavill's future, uh, possible Man of Steel 2. Is there anything you really that you want to point out that you know will be at DC's fandom? I mean, I would honestly like to see a continuation of the DCU because it sounds like with the Snyder Cut coming out, like this could really prop that universe back up. And I would like to see more things happen in that universe so it doesn't feel like it's been a waste of my time. There are some things I have enjoyed about and other things that I haven't, but I'm one of those people who would totally be interested in seeing it continue. You know, I know they kind of pride themselves on, you know, the multiverse they've created, but it's just, it, there's too many things to keep track of. So it's, I would like to see that continue. And, you know, this is a total fanboy, total dream, probably would never happen, but I would love to hear that Christian Bale is replacing Ben Affleck as Batman. That'd be, oh my gosh, I'd be so happy. Uh, too late. Other than that, what's up? I think it's too late. I think that ship has has sailed a long time ago, man. Hey, well, I mean, I th- I'm sure that other people would be willing to look the other way if they were to absorb Nolan's Batman mythos into that universe. I, I'm sure people would be willing to like pretend the other stuff didn't happen, you know, and uh, that would be cool. But honestly, man, like I I don't know. I've I have heard whispers of. Justice League Dark movie coming out with Keanu Reeves as Constantine, and I would 
absolutely love that. Do you have anything that you're hoping gets announced? Well, I'm, you know, like you, I'm mirrored on, on your assessment of the DCEU. I'd love to see that kickstart again. Yes, I know it's a copycat of what Marvel's doing. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, we've gone back and forth on this. Yes, we understand that. But I'd love to see all these standalone stories. Love to see them tied into a Justice League and where they could go from there. That's what I think should happen. Is there an ultimate against Darkseid or the Hall of Villains? Whatever you want to do. Just, I would like to see it come to fruition. I know Noe and Fine, one of our regular contributors, he was saying it's too little too late. I disagree. If the Snyder Cut works and a lot of people watch it and it blows up the numbers through HBO Max, I think it's going to put the DCEU back squarely on the map once again as far as finishing and completing a Justice League trilogy. So once again, DC is going to be doing something with Warner Brothers and all that coming up in August. August 22nd to, I believe the 26th is going to be right there, big site, round the clock, all the stuff happening as far as announcements, panels, videos, trailers, all this great stuff that's happening for DC. It's a DC fandom event. It is separate from Comic-Con, but for DC and Warner Brothers fans out there that are really excited for the DC Universe, they're looking forward to fandom coming later this year in August. What are your thoughts out there on DC's fandom event coming in August? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, Thomas Bennett from 1012.net. He's going to stop by to talk about some pop culture. And after that, Josh and I are going to be talking about some Pokemon Snap and Queeby. This is the PCT Multiverse. Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super Collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get, how will he get it, and how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Wanted to go ahead and, you know, we reach out to some of our great affiliates every now and then to talk to them about what they're thinking about when it comes to the world of pop culture. And this guy right here, you know, one of our most recent affiliates, and I just cannot thank him enough for being a part of our syndication that's out there. If you want to check out a great station to go to, Check out 1012themix.net. That's 1012themix.net. Some great rock music all day long, plus a lot of great shows as well, including the Pop Culture Cosmos. People out there might know him as DJ Loud, but I know him also as well, Thomas Bennett. And Thomas, just so great to have you on the program today. Well, thank you for having me. But I know when it comes to a lot that's going on in pop culture, is there anything else that you're talking about when it comes to video games? I'm sure you have an eye on some of maybe the game systems that are on the way, maybe like the PlayStation 5, the Xbox Series X, or is there anything coming out for the current console generation that you're excited about? Well, I've looked at some of the specs and stuff for the uh, PlayStation 5 and the uh, the Xbox. Basically, your choice is do you want a Wi-Fi router or do you want a mini fridge? That's what the consoles look like. That's true, and I know a lot of people are talking about that. Uh, I had likened the Xbox Series X to my subwoofer that I got in the house. And, of course, like you were talking about with the PlayStation 5, looking like an overblown router and all that. But I will say that, you know, once it goes in, it just to me, it just matters under the hood. I, I put it out of sight. I put it under my desk, under my cabinet, wherever. What does it offer me as far as enhancement of games? And I know Sony recently last week debuted about 37 games that are on the way for the system either proprietary or as a third party to other systems as well but you know there's a lot of hope for the playstation 5 going forward and that would mean as also as well that the xbox series x might be have some great games along the way right but with me being an avid gamer and stuff like that it it's not all about what's underneath the hood of the console it's about what game companies are going to make exclusive for what system is what's going to get to buy. Of course, for, of course. For me, I can swing and play both systems. I can play 
Halo, Gears of War on the Xbox, and I'm an avid fan of the Metal Gear Solid series, I can play that series on PlayStation. But as far as the sports, it doesn't matter what system you're playing it. You can play Madden, you can play FIFA on either system, never a doubt. Right. I mean, we're still obviously the time frame that they're going to be released and the price has not been 100% confirmed yet. I'm hoping that they will f make sure both of them to stay under the $500 mark. Otherwise, I think they'll be cutting off their own foot as far as sales are concerned to, because right now in the middle of a pandemic, dollars are need to be saved for a lot of things. And if you have a system out there that's too exorbitant in price, that's really going to affect your sales long term. Exactly. Well, is there any games you're looking forward to? We talked about the systems. Is there any games that you're looking forward to? I mean, The Last of Us 2, as we're talking, is appearing this week on store shelves. Plus, you've got some great things coming out, whether it's Spider-Man, Miles Morales, that's due by the end of this year, Madden, or anything else that, that's coming out by the end of this year. I know there's a, still a lot of good stuff on the way. I'm waiting for uh, NHL 2021 to come out because I'm interested to see how much more fluent that the game engine is going to be for the PS5 versus what it's going to be on the PS4. As far as I know that all these new games that they're coming out with, like NHL 2021, it's going to still be available for the PS4 and it's going to be available for the PS5 because it's going to be like five or six years before they finally get rid of the PS4. Kind of like what they did with the PS2s and the PS1s back then. I agree with you 100% on that. The NHL series uh, now is one of the best sports series that's out there consistently highly rated i know some of the other games like for instance the madden series nba 2k they've been all over the place when it comes to the ratings over the course of years one year is much better than the other and, and vice versa so the nhl series just seems to be a flat consistent solid product year in year out so yeah it would be interesting to see the difference when it comes to if you buy it for the playstation 4 or you go ahead and buy one for the PlayStation 5. There's even the possibility that if you buy it for the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One, that you will get a free upgrade, as EA is offering right now for Madden, that if you buy it ahead of time before the system comes out, that you get a free upgrade in resolution and all that to whatever it is that the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X gets bumped to. So yeah, definitely interested to seeing how that's going to shape out for NHL and some other things out there as far as the gaming world is concerned. But, you know, it's just been so great hearing from you. Once again, I'm speaking to Thomas Bennett, a.k.a. DJ Loud from 1012themix.net. you got to check out all the great stuff that they're doing there, all the shows, plus all the great music that's there as well at 1012themix.net. But I've spoken so much about the 1012 The Mix I want to hear from you before we head on out why 1012themix.net is the place to go for some great music. Because 1012 The Mix has been a major staple in my DJing career because when I started like eight years ago, I started off on that station as a mixed DJ. So I went from a mixed DJ to an owner of my own brass, which I went and spawned off and did my own metal station well it had a different couple names so the current name for it is crap ton of metal dot club so a couple years ago my buddy had it for sale and asked me behind closed doors how fast i could come up with x amount of dollars and i told him within 72 hours 72 hours came and i had x amount of dollars so i bought the station so with that being said that we're looking at adding more djs more shows I'm taking on an undertow of thinking outside the box for once because I'm used to just having DJs do live shows right then and there for three hours instead of, okay, let's try thinking outside the box. Let's try playing tape shows, syndicated shows, podcasts and stuff like that. Because to me, growing up and, and getting into this industry and getting to where I'm at today, because I prefer the rawness. I prefer if there's like tech years you deal with it there you kind of make it into a joke when it happens blah 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 like you should know maybe sometimes you have them that we do that we do so i prefer live shows but like i said it's, we're in 2020 so it's time to think outside box time to get to a new standard of doing things but when i started airing this show sports show it's kind of like giving me some time to like 
sit back and enjoy not having to always be on the radio 24 7 365 so kind of making it easy on me well there you go we're happy to help make that easier for you as far as having our show on your station cannot thank you enough for doing so and we truly appreciate it once again it's thomas bennett aka dj loud you got to check out what he's doing today at 1012themix.net Stay tuned there for all the great songs that they have playing right there at 1012themix.net. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been great talking to you, my friend. I'll tell you what, you're welcome back any point in time to come on down and talk to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back with the show. It's the PC Multiverse. I want to thank so much Thomas Bennett from 1012.net for being part of the show today. Pokemon Snap that was just announced this week coming. This holiday for the Nintendo Switch is something for Pokemon fans to look forward to. I don't know what your memories are with the Pokemon Snap on Nintendo 64, but like I just I remember it being a very casual and fun game, and this seems to like be something that appeals to both kids and adults, and something you can kind of just like in in the vein of Animal Crossing, right? You can just kind of play it when you have time. It's 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 a very casual game. You play it when you have time. You have a few minutes. Take a few photos. Turn it off. Come back to it later. You know, as far as like Pokemon goes, I know like the Sword and Shield expansions are coming out. I had a hard time with, you know, I beat Sword and I had a hard time with it because like it literally is the old Pokemon, but like a 3D world. I feel like Pokemon miss, you know, no pun intended, a huge chance to evolve these new games. And, uh, you know, the, the non-voice dialogue and the dialogue is so bad in general, you're just kind of doing the same things over and over again. And it, it was something that I didn't necessarily want to play from start to finish. I kind of just forced myself to do it. So I'm really hoping that, like, whatever the future holds for Pokemon, they kind of step up into that role of, like, giving people what they want, but also re- kind of reinventing themselves. And I know, like, there's been rumors or, or talk about a... Uh, let's go silver and gold coming out and i think that that would kind of be a golden opportunity to try something new i think it would be too but you mentioned the reminders and affiliation with animal crossing and animal crossing's been a big hit for them so i don't blame them if they want to go ahead and dive back into the well and find something that's familiar in theme and style as animal crossing because if I'm not hearing about what's going on with all the the differences of opinion and political things that are out there, I'm hearing about turnip prices. Turnip prices uh, seem to be very possible. They opened a KFC in Animal Crossing too, so there you go. So I mean, it, it's not surprising to see that they want to go ahead and delve back into the realm of something familiar. And of course, Pokemon Snap is something that's familiar to a lot of people out there that have played a long time ago. But reaching it out to a new audience. Pokemon seems to go ahead and reach out to a new audience very well. I mean, and still be able to go ahead and connect with older audiences such as you and I. I'll tell you what I am excited about. The Pokemon toothbrushing game, the AR experience, you rescue Pokemon by brushing your teeth. And now I have an excuse to brush my teeth. So, you know, that's probably why my microphone That's just what I was going to say. Oh, you are endearing yourself indeed to our audience <laughs> as we speak. Oh, how dare you? Uh, yes. Thank you. I'll be here all week. There you go. There you go. It's going to be great when we get all the feedback on popculturecosmosyahoo.com. To Gerald and Stinky Breath. Yes. I would like to leave a comment now. It's Hal, middle initial E, last name Tosis. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, halitosis indeed but it is pokemon snap it's coming out to the switch i mean it's something that a lot of people are going to enjoy i have no doubt now when it comes to what nintendo's doing especially when it concerns the pokemon license that they seem to be doing a lot right people are loving it the switch is hot I had a friend 
who was thinking about buying a Switch for his five-year-old son's birthday. And so I decided to help him look online to try and find a Switch. You cannot find one online right now. They're extremely difficult to get, whether it's the full-fledged unit or it's the portable-only unit. They're both sold out everywhere. And to see that kind of success for them is, is great to see, but also the fact that they've just been doing a lot right. And you know me, over the years, I've bashed Nintendo mercilessly. But I'm not bashing them right now because when it comes to what they're doing right with Animal Crossing, what they're doing right with Mario, Zelda, and of course Pokemon, they're taking a lot of right steps as far as making sure this Nintendo Switch is going to last for a long time to come. You know, what's interesting is, too, I was talking to Brian Wegner on Super BS about this, is that we are due for a Nintendo announcement of holiday games. And uh, I'm hoping that that's going to happen sometime soon, whether it's through a direct or part of the Days of Play. No, not Days. Yeah, is that what IGN's calling their summer thing? They're, no, Summer of Gaming is what they're doing. Days or... of Play is EA, which we just talked about. EA, okay, yes. Yeah, so, I don't, so, don't remind I mean, me of that. No Mass Effect. Don't remind me of that. No, so I think we're overdue for some cool announcements from Nintendo. I hope that they bring those Mario games out that they keep talking about, the 64 Sunshine Galaxy, stuff like that. I have a Switch, so like it didn't really affect me, but yeah, I did have friends who were out there looking for Switches, and they just could not find them. But you know what's funny is that in addition to the short supply of Switches everywhere, there's a shortage of console controllers, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox. Like there's, you know, at least where I am, and from what I understand, it's in California too, there's a shortage of controllers. You cannot find new controllers anywhere. That's not surprising because when everybody's having to stay home, People want to go ahead and jump on the same game. Two, three, four players. There you go. They want to go ahead and, and buy the controllers. So I'm not surprised that the controller is being bought up at that rate, especially right now in the, in the middle of a video game craze. And this leads us back to all the stuff that we talked about with EA State of Play. And why are you not bringing out these remasters or anything else that you can get up rather quickly out now in the middle of the pandemic when everybody's at home or when everybody's staying home more often playing video games more often because the video game craze and boom is one of the few industries to actually get a boost during this troubled time that we have so i don't know but people are playing video games and they'll be playing pokemon snap so we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts and seeing game action on Pokemon Snap once it comes out later this year for the Nintendo Switch. What are your thoughts out there on Pokemon Snap? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, a couple quick things before we head on out, my friend. And first off, you touched on it real briefly, and that was Cyberpunk 2077 being delayed from, I think it was September, and being moved to November. I had mistakenly said this week with the Pop Culture Cosmos, The Last of Us Part 2, which is coming out as this appears to most audiences on podcast form on Friday, that The Last of Us Part 2 is going to be the last major gaming event for this generation. Kind of wrong on that. It actually was going to be Cyberpunk 2077. And that looks like it's being delayed till just before or just as the new consoles are coming into play. So I want to hear your thoughts when it comes to Cyberpunk 2077. You alluded to very quickly earlier in the show about it that you think there's a big possibility that it could be delayed even further into 2021. I'm predicting it won't come out till February of 2021. I am excited to play the game. I have been excited for a long time about this game. I, it, it has shifted release dates multiple times now, and I just I don't think they have any faith in the game being ready on time. So I'm I'm thinking it's going to be have a February release date of next year, and we'll be on for both PS4, Xbox One, and then the new consoles as well. But I'm not feeling that they have very much faith in their ability to get this game out by the holiday season. I can understand that, my friend, and I can definitely agree with you on that because it's something that is going to be a major undertasking for the folks there that are developing the game because Cyberpunk 2077 is a new IP, very ambitious. Yeah, it's based off of the old tabletop RPG games, and yes, it's also based off of the novels as well, but as far as a video game, this is a brand new IP for them to head into and obviously you want to get as much right as you can as possible because you are giving folks a first impression. And this game has a lot of hype. 
and I can understand that as far as people being excited for this game. I'm excited for this game, and I want to play it, especially because you know and I know as far as our cyberpunk favorites as far as being, well, let's start off with either Blade Runner or Blade Runner 2049. I mean, we love that kind of realm as far as cyberpunk and, and the future is concerned. Like I said, I, I agree with you. I could easily see this game transitioning over into 2021, and that would be disappointing if that's the case. But I could see this game of a large mass scale it has, because this is not Star Wars Squadrons, where it's a $40 game that's coming out. It's not even Spider-Man Miles Morales, where it's a game where it's going to use a lot of the same assets from a game that was released two years prior. This is something that's going to be entirely new, and you're building from the ground up, basically. You might be using the engine from The Witcher 3, but basically it's going to be built from the ground up. And this is something that a lot of people have been looking forward to, and they want to get it right. And, of course, it's going to have Keanu Reeves in it and all that. So I think that being the case, that we could easily see this game transitioning into 2021. And that would be a little bit disappointing, but I think you got to make sure this game gets right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, especially it, this... They are an acclaimed studio. You know, they have put out incredibly massive games that are very well received by people. And, you know, it makes sense to me that they would want to take their time on it. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not upset that they're not making their their promised release dates. But I do, you know, I do want to play it eventually, (laughs) if, if that makes sense. Well, I certainly hope so, my friend, and I hope a lot of other people are out there too. I want to play Cyberpunk 2077 because I'm excited for what's happening with this game. Unfortunately, it was sad news that it's being delayed to November. We'll see if it gets delayed anymore, but for now, our excitement is still, even though it's tempered a little bit, it's still there for Cyberpunk 2077. What are your thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077 getting delayed? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, my friend, but before we head on out, Queeby, something we haven't talked about in a little while, and I think a lot of people have not been talking about it for a little while, because according to Variety, it's looking right now that by the year's end, they will have 30% of the expected user base that they were supposed to have by the end of 2020. And I'm not sure you could really, I'm not sure how much you can blame COVID and the whole pandemic on it. Maybe as far as spending power and people having extra money and things of that nature. Yeah, you could say that somewhat to an extent, but people are all around their phones all the time. And that's where really Quibi was going to take off is on your phone with the quick seven to nine minute transition as far as episodes or, or feature length things are going to be very short coming at you day in, day out, things of that nature. And the library was supposed to be extensive with a lot of great stars that were announced and all that. Hasn't really worked out to that extent yet. And I think because of that, and also the fact that that at the same point in time, you had Peacock, and to a larger extent, HBO Max debut, that Quibi has been totally swept under the rug, and I'm really not sure if they're going to be able to get out. They have honestly overestimated their market. What what's the proper term for this? Underestimated, right? No, overestimated. Overestimated. They, they have... overestimated you because this is who they were going. They were going for you, Mr. Millennial. They were going yeah, for like, you. You know, even before COVID, like people aren't on the go as much as they used to be. You know, people are staying home more now. They're they're watching when they have time to watch things, they want to feel relaxed. Like Queeby's whole thing was like, Hey, watch it on the go. And, uh, you know, we have quick seven to eight minute episodes. So you can watch, you know, wherever you are during the day. And it's uh, people that that's not relaxing to people. People don't absorb stories that way. They don't absorb stories in quick formats. It's like maybe to like the, the Instagram market, you know, if you're marketing something on Instagram, you're an influencer, you're doing videos like that. That's a whole different thing than a scripted drama. And for that, I think that Quibi is is going to fail. You know, they're already failing, but I think that COVID kind of put a nail in that coffin. And you know, moving forward, I just I I don't see this being a sustainable streaming service, especially with you know, like you said, the Peacock and Hulu and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and and Netflix and all these all these bigger streaming services, especially when now that people are staying home, I don't see Quibi really doing what they wanted it to. People don't care to see seven to nine minute clips. 
They want to see the full show because they now have the time to see the full show. And they want to go ahead and burn through a series, you know, and they want to go ahead and binge a show. They want to go ahead and bin a whole season in a sitting at all nine yards. So they, they have the time to do so right now, which takes away from the audience that Weeby was going for with people on the go. And, and they wanted to go ahead and maybe give you that quick bite of Queeby in and of itself, hence the name. You're on the go. You want to catch maybe seven to nine minutes here. That's the only time you have for, and so you can catch that seven to nine minutes. All right, everything's great. Wait to see the rest of it tomorrow. And blah, 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 blah. Unfortunately, it hasn't worked out the case. And you're right. COVID, you know, has obviously a lot to do with that. I'm gonna correct my statement from earlier. COVID has a lot to do with that, in that sense. But I think even if it had been normal times, my friend, I'm not sure if it would have flown much higher than it's flying right now. COVID aside. I really just think the concept just, I don't know. I'm just not even sure if it was really going to be that great. Well, they're like extended movie trailers. I just, I don't think people wanted that, you know, especially if like you can't, like I said, you can't absorb a story and like where there's a reason why MTV doesn't play videos anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like, why are you going to spend time during your day to, to watch a seven minute show on your phone? when I could play a game on my phone instead, you know, I could play some fruit ninja or dragon quest on my, you know, on, on iOS or, or Fortnite, or call of duty Warzone, or exactly. So why am I going to waste time watching a seven minute show that I might not even like, you know, and I'm not even going to get the full experience because again, it's only seven minutes. It is disappointing to see the reaction to Queeby. And plus, I don't think there's any, one show that they've created, no matter who's the star of it, that it's going to be, I got to see it. I got to see it. I think the, the Reno PD from Comedy Central, the rebirth of that, I think, was the only thing people got semi-excited for. But other than that, it was just something that we've not seen any marquee show or marquee movie or marquee event on that format that people are really dying to see. I think that's that's probably the biggest problem that they have right now, no matter who the star is. Yeah, I agree. And I just, I honestly, you know, I I don't mean to sound crude. I just, I don't think people care and I don't care. And it's, it's, I, I know that I'm as someone who likes to absorb stories, who likes to watch movies and shows. Like I, I, I feel like I'm not the only person in that boat. And that's the problem because you're their target audience. You, you, man, you millennials are their target audience. They're not interested in old people like me. They're interested in getting the young crowd. And unfortunately, they've not been able to latch on to it at all. And hearing that they are not even going to be at 30% of their user base at this point, unless something dramatically happens for them by year's end, is very disappointing to hear and that means to me that there's so much competition right now for the streaming industry we're going to see sooner rather than later i'm going to say probably next even this i'm going to say 2021 that we're going to see some of these networks either fold get absolved get absorbed or somehow just deactivate themselves from being a major player in the industry because there are so many streaming choices right now in the market, and it's come to the point where you're just it, – it's satellite and cable television all over again as far as the number of choices you have, which is great, which is what people have been hoping for is all these different choices. But the problem is paying for them. That's always the issue. I, I see some of these entities, and we're already seeing with the restructure of CBS All Access where some of these streaming outlets are going to be falling by the wayside. Yeah, and speaking of the wayside, I'm sure the cable companies are waiting in the wayside too. Like, just wait till that bill hits, uh, you know, two or three times more expensive than that we were charging. They'll all come crawling back to us. If there's a cable left, man, because I don't know, I cut my cable, man. I just disappointed. I know a lot of people have too. If cable and satellite still be around, I know uh, satellite TV has had a hard time, really hard time, and their future is definitely up in the air, but we'll see what happens with all this stuff going on. But with Quibi, there's some dark signs early on for their growth, and that could be a troubling sign for the network going forward. What are your thoughts out there on Quibi? Have you tried it? Do you even care about it? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
My friend, it's been a great episode. We're looking forward to speaking to you once again for Monday's show. Any last thoughts on the way out? Let's keep our fingers crossed for that rumored Mass Effect remaster announcement. I'm going to break my fingers. My fingers are crossed so tight. I know, I know. The predictions are it's going to be made in the next couple weeks. So let's hope, but I don't have hope at the same time. (sighs) Let's hope, my friend. Let's hope. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. And we're here on the station surviving the coronavirus. Since you guys are probably quarantined there down on Earth, we'll let you know uh, we got DC News, comics, television shows we're going to be talking about every week. Come join us every week on the Earth Station DCU podcast here on the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.